Well, good morning, everyone. If we can take our seats, please. Be ready. I know those on Zoom. Welcome to those on Zoom. Um, I know you're already in your seats with your coffee, so that's fine. So welcome to everyone here this morning uh, to Heather Vale Baptist Church. Um, this morning we have a visiting speaker from Compassion, Caroline Warrod. And we look forward to... Uh, Caroline, stand up so everyone can see you very much, very quickly. There we go. There's Caroline. She'll be coming up later. They've clapped before you started. That could be a good sign. <laughs> anyway, um, so, so this morning we're, we're here to hear about the work of Compassion. Um, but also, we will be taking time in the service to pray, not just for the work of compassion, but also for the events that have happened over in Turkey and Syria with um, the, the awful disaster that's happened. So um, let's be mindful of that as we, as we get towards our prayer time. Um, as always, when we, when we finish our, our opening worship slot, then there's time to give praise to our God. Um, but we will have a separate time to, to have um, prayers for for the work of compassion and also for um, the, the disaster. So without further ado, let's, let's get started. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we are here to worship an awesome God, one who is worthy of our praise this morning. And so Lord, as we come before you now, fill us with joy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing. Let your kingdom come here, let your will be done here in us. Jesus, there is no one greater, you alone are Savior. Show the world your love. King of heaven, come down, King of heaven, come down. Let your glory reign, shining like the day, King of heaven come. King of heaven rise up, who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven come. We are children of your mercy, rescued for your glory. We cry, Jesus, set our hearts towards you, that every eye would see you lifted high. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand? strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven come, King of heaven come, King of heaven come, King of heaven come. 
Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of kings, his name is love, his name is Jesus, enthroned above in majesty into this world. You came to save us, you bore the cross, you took my Shone your light into my darkness, veiled the truth. This mystery, you are my God, you are my Savior, you are the rock on which I stand, ever faithful God. I cling to you. That you are good. There's no other love compares with you. Forever strong, forever true, ever faithful God, I cling to you. of peace you are my God you are my Savior you are the rock on which I stand ever faithful 
My fears were drowned in perfect love You rescued me so I can stand and sing I am a child of God You split the sea so I can walk my fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. I'm no longer slave to fear I am a child of God and I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God let's just bring our praise before our God this morning we're no longer slaves free because of the freedom that Christ has given us this morning. Came so you could have life and life in all its fullness. If you want to raise your voice in the, uh, in the sanctuary here then somebody will just raise your hand and somebody will come with a microphone. If you're on Zoom and then you can unmute yourself. said to Moses, I will have mercy on who I will have mercy, and I will have comp compassion on whom I have compassion. So it depends not on man's will or exertion, but upon God's mercy. You may say to me then, why does God still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, a man, to answer back to God? Will the molded clay say to the potter, why have you made me thus? Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, those are simple words to say, I am a child of God, but what an enormous meaning there is behind that, Lord. We just thank you that we are the children of the holy, almighty God. We thank you for that. And not because we have chosen, but because you have chosen us. Lord, we just thank you for the enormity of knowing that we are children of God. Amen.
Jesus, we worship you. Worship and honour and adore your lovely name. Jesus, we worship you, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. From a thankful heart we sing, we worship you. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that it's by your grace that we're saved. You have chosen us and you've brought us into your family. And so, Lord, we just thank you that today when we are thinking about children and family, Lord, we just ask that you would just help us to, to understand more about the sacrifice that you made for each one of us to bring us into your family. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you, Caroline. Well, hello to everybody. It's lovely to be here this morning. I'm Caroline Ward. I'm from Compassion, um, as are, they've got a couple of Compassion um, employees in this congregation as well. So, hello to everybody and to those listening online as well as to those people here. So, I have a little question for, there's a couple of young people I've primed, aren't there? Two young ladies at the back there. I gave them something before the service, and this is what I gave them. Oh, is this on? No, that would be a good start, wouldn't it? Did I give you a £1.50? We don't see many of those at the moment. So, was it Emily and, is it Rachel? Rachel and Emily. I gave you £1.50, didn't I? So, a question for them, and a question for any of the adults in here. What would you spend it on? What would you spend £1.50 on? Emily and Rachel, what, let's ask you each, shall we? Rachel, what would you spend your £1.50 on? I would give it to Oh, that's a very, very <laughs> worthy cause, isn't it? Rachel, have you got a big voice? Yeah, Emily, have you got a big voice? What would you spend yours on? Um, my great-grandma. And give her some sweets and chocolate. Oh, what generous hearted young ladies we have there. I, <laughs> I wonder what you as adults would spend £1.50 on. Half a cup of coffee? <laughs> probably, probably half a cup of coffee. Um, I was going to say a cake to go with it, but it doesn't buy that, does it? On a serious note, however, £1.50. Take a look at this, this, this dwelling. So this is a house that belongs to a young man in the, Mas in the Masaiara. That's Kenya. It's a very, very long way away. And we can have a little think about the person who lives here. Who fancies living in that house? She is probably quite comfy inside. How many people live in that house? Adults, you can help me with this one. Would anyone like to make a suggestion? How many people live in that house? Ten. Ten. That's pretty close, actually. Yes? Twelve. 
12. You're the closest. You can keep that £1.50. Share it with your sister. Right, so 13 people live in this house. Okay. Where's their toilet? You don't have to answer that. Yes, go on. Outside, definitely. You wouldn't want your toilet inside, would you? So the toilet's outside. Where do they get their water from? Oh, these two are really helpful, aren't they? <laughs> Rachel? A well a couple of miles. You've been talking to someone before I started speaking, haven't you? A well a couple of miles away. So, if we consider that for families that live in places like this, £1.50 is the amount per person that they have per day to live on. I'll just say that again, £1.50 per person per day to live on. And 358 million children, a million is a hard number to think of, and 358 is even harder. 358 million children live at that level of poverty. Now, what are you going to spend your £1.50 on now? So if it was for everything that you needed, what would you spend it on now? Spend it on food? Would you spend it on clothes? Would you spend it on water? Because in some of these places you have to buy water, other places you have to go and fetch it. What would you spend it on? It doesn't go far enough, does it? It does not go far enough. And then, you know what, children don't go to school because you have to have equipment to go to school. I don't know about the school that these two young ladies go to, but but in a lot of these places, you have to have you have to have a uniform, you have to have pens and paper and things like that. You can't go otherwise, and you have to pay for schooling. And you know, God asks us to support the poor. Later on, for those people staying in, we'll be looking at the parable of the sheep and the goats. I'll just read you one verse from it. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. And it's to people living in poverty that God speaks that. And he speaks it over us. So I'm here from Compassion today. And I'd just like to share with you for a few minutes how Compassion does that. These are pictures I took. I went to Ghana and Togo, so these are all smiley faces that I recognise. These are children from a couple of different projects. So they help by providing nutritious food. Look at those children with plates of food in front of them. When you've got £1.50 a day, you don't get much by way of nutritious food. They help to provide clean water or to give them access to that. They help every child to go to school. Every compassion child goes to school. Because otherwise, Emily and Rachel, if you haven't got the money to go to school, do you know what your mum and dad do? They send you out to help sell things by in the, in the market or in the village or wherever you would go. And everything is provided that they need. 
They also learn about things related to health. They have health checkup, checkups, checkups from doctors where needed, provide the funds to go to hospital if needed. Another question. Anyone can answer this one. What is that yellow stuff in that pot that they're stirring? Has anyone got any ideas? It's not custard. What is it? Anyone? No? Okay. Do you know what it is, my husband down there? Go on then. It's soap. So this ch these children in this project have been learning to make liquid soap. I went to this project. They've had a new toilet block, block installed and the lady who was stood outside the toilet block, you could not get past her without having a squirt of soap on your hands and having to wash them. But their, their uh, incidence of um, gastro um, diseases and things and sickness and diarrhea has gone down phenomenally as a result. And it's a place where people are kept safe and healthy. And importantly, that they learn skills for the future. I'll talk to the adults more about that later. And everybody gets to go to church. They're all welcomed into a family, a family where they hear about God, where they hear about Jesus, where they hear that Jesus is there for them and where they can develop that relationship with God show you a little video about a woman called Hilda. Are you ready? My name is Hilda. I am the eighth child in a family of ten children. We didn't have much money growing up, and we lived in one room. When I was five years old, my dad had an accident, which left him unable to work. We had no money for food, and I was very scared. I felt like no one cared about me, and I didn't matter. Then, everything changed.
Thank you for listening, and there'll be more from me very shortly. Thank you. Um, so it's time for the young people to go off to their groups, and we'll be praying for you as you go away. Um, and we will also be taking a prayer offering. At the same time, we're just going to have a, a time of, of open prayer um, to pray for um, the work of compassion that we've just seen there, um, but also to pray for um, what's been happening over in uh, Turkey and Syria. Um, I know that those of you who are on the, the, um, the church emails We've seen um, a link that was sent out from um, Evelyn and from Inika about the work that Open Doors and Samaritan's Purse are doing. Also, of course, nationally, there's the Disasters Emergency Committee um, that are putting an appeal out for if anyone wants to give. Um, so please be aware of those campaigns of getting aid into what is a very dire situation over there. So let's just take some time um, to, to pray. I'll pray for our young people. Um, and for our offering as it comes up <clears throat> and then if we can just have a short time of, of open prayer um, just pray as you feel led for, for the situation that's happened in Turkey this week let's pray Father God we thank you for our young people we thank you for their enthusiasm we thank you for their generous heart um, that we heard about this morning and Lord we just pray that as they as they go to their groups that Lord you would just um, enable them to to hear more about you and to learn more about you and lord we thank you for the money that's been given this morning um, and that that's gone through bank accounts lord we thank you that you've made us generous givers and so lord we pray that um, that would be used to extend your kingdom here but lord now we want to also turn our thoughts and our hearts towards um, the the work of compassion and also for what's been happening over in uh, turkey and syria so lord we just ask right now you would just, um, Lord, stir our hearts, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. So please pray as you feel led.
Well, it's so easy to hear that statistic that almost 400 million children are living in poverty and to think, what can I do about it? There are so many. And yet how encouraging it was to see Hilda's story and to be able to, to see the effect that um, being in the Compassion Programme has had not only on her life, but on the lives of those in her family and the community around her. And so, Lord, don't let us uh, look at the, the huge number, but let us think about what we can do to help even just one person, because that has a ripple effect right out into families and communities. And we thank you for the work of Compassion. Thank you that the difference that they are making in the lives of, yes, individual children, but also whole families and whole communities. Lord. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for Turkey and Syria, Lord, and for all those affected who've lost loved ones and homes, Lord, and livelihoods. Lord, as we've heard about the children struggling in so many parts of the world this morning, I just think of those in Turkey and Syria, Lord, who've lost their families, who've lost their safety. Lord, I just pray that you would be protector, Lord, comforter to all of the children, Lord, wondering what's, what's going on around them. Lord, you tell us in your word there will be times of trouble. But we know that it is for your good, Lord, for your glory, something will come out. And I just pray that you would meet with those, Lord, that this would be used for your glory, that people who don't know you would come to faith, Lord, somehow as part of your sovereign plan, even if we can't understand. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name, that your kingdom would be expanded. Heavenly Father, we just pray for the children in Lancashire, the children, the young children of that young woman who's gone missing. Father God, we pray that you will bless them, that you will comfort them, that you will be there for them. And Father, whatever way, we just pray that that young woman will be found. We pray too for the family and friends of the head teacher that was killed in Epsom this week and her her husband as well. Father, we pray for families left behind, for children at that school, for staff at that school. Father, that you will be in that situation too. We can't imagine what words will be said or need saying, but you know, and we just pray you'll be there. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for the aid workers in Syria and Turkey. We pray for political borders to be brought down. 
we pray for unitedness amongst the nations we just pray that your glory will shine through in miracles of people still being found we just pray for peace lord for your blessing to be upon all those who have lost comfort them lord and give them hope we pray in jesus name amen amen Thank you, everyone. Right, so before we hear a bit more, let's have the reading from today. So again, as we've heard, Caroline's going to be speaking about the sheep and the goats. So here we go. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from the other as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Father, we pray now that as we come to hear more about the work of compassion, Lord, that you would just open our hearts, our ears and minds to everything that you are doing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think it's time to introduce myself properly. So I'm Caroline, um, I live in Camberley with my husband, so not that far from you here, and that's just a little bit west. And I've been a volunteer for Compassion for a number of years. It started about 16 years ago when we first started sponsoring our first child, who has now graduated from his project. And in coming here this morning, it's really twofold. First of all, to bring you God's word and to 
encourage and provoke you. And also with a huge, huge thank you on behalf of the children that you support. And in a little while, we will see a little bit more about the children that you as a church support and what you're doing. And it's phenomenal. So a thank you and a bit of provocation as well. All right. I chose the passage for this morning a couple of weeks ago. And as the last week has unraveled in terms of what we've seen in the news, I have become more and more acutely aware of what this looks like. And I think for all of us, as we've watched what's been on the news, we can't help but have our hearts broken by what we've seen. And it brings me to the verse. Let me just find the correct bit. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And I thought more and more this week about the hungry the thirsty, the strangers, those without anywhere to live. And it's made me kind of ask God, Father, what do you think? What do you feel? And yet it's evident from this passage that God is, in a sense, challenging us as well, challenging us about what we see and what our response to that is. So let's just have a little look at the passage for a moment. What do you think when you start to look at the passage? Do you think it's a call to support the poor? That's what this is about. Because after all, we are God's hands and feet. Do you wonder how well you've measured up? Maybe you feel a commendation from God for what you have done. And God wants to say, thank you, good and faithful servant. Do you wonder whether you've missed something that God wanted to say to you? Do you notice that it says, if you do it for the least of these, you do it unto me. Maybe it's the eternal consequences of his actions. Or do you wonder about the goats? I always wonder about the goats. Or does it just seem very overwhelming and too much? So let's think for a moment about some of those people in those situations. Because we as Compassion, our heart is to come into those communities where people don't have enough, where people are hungry and thirsty and in need. I'll read you a quote from, this is from a formerly sponsored child. His name's Ronnie. He's an adult now. He's a family of his own. About what it, what it might feel like, what it felt like to him to be hungry. The impact of hunger is huge. It touches every area of life. For many people, it's hard to truly understand the impact hunger has on life. When I say I'm hungry now, I'm not really hungry. We're not, are we? Not like I used to be, 
When I was hungry, my brain shut down. It stops you being able to learn, being able to move past your current circumstances. It stops you being able to hope for something better. And at that point, the hopelessness of the situation that you are in starts to kick in. And then families do things that we in the West almost can't understand. They marry their girls off early because someone else will feed them. They send their children to the streets to sell, to, to sell products so they can gain some more money. I wonder what that feels like. Imagine you've got that decision to make for you and your family. So let's re return to the sheep and goats, shall we, for a moment. My first reaction to this passage is, hey, we have been told it's not about works, we're saved by grace. We are, aren't we? Saved by grace, not through works. But this seems to be talking about our works. Surely that's not right. Yet we are God's hands and feet. And as you think about it, it's to do with God's heart and our heart. The sheep he calls righteous. They are the righteous ones. Righteousness is a gift from God. They are the people that hear his voice and they respond to it. They can hear God's heartbeat. They have God as Lord in their life. They understand his lordship. Let's think about hearing God's heart for a moment. I think about the story of Eli and Samuel. I think you probably will know that story where um, Samuel thinks he's hearing Eli calling out for him in the night. And he goes to, his, to, his, to, to Eli and he, um, he says, you're calling me. And he's sent back to his bed. When you hear that voice, you say, yes, Lord, here I am, I'm listening. And I think about that when I think about the sheep. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice. I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying to me. So what about the goats? I always feel a bit sad for the goats, personally. I don't know what the rest of you feel. And it seems that some of the goats do do good works, and it sometimes doesn't seem very fair. Yet, I am reminded that even the devil knows his name. Even the goats know who he is. But they haven't accepted Christ's lordship. They are not hearing his voice. They're not connected with the father and they can't hear what he's saying to them. And so we're called, aren't we? To understand God's heart, to hear his little whisperings. How good are we at hearing his whisperings? Depends to, for me how busy I am actually, how good I am at hearing the little whisperings. And we're responsible for hearing what God's saying to us as individuals. So this is how my journey started. This was God's whispering. I don't know, it's not really quite big enough for you, that is it, but never mind, I'll read it to you. It's from Isaiah. And this was something that God spoke over both myself and my husband over many years. 
Isaiah 58, 6 and 7. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And it was a verse, it, there were a set of verses that God had put on our hearts over a long period of time. And I'd had many conversations with God, a lot of them along the lines of, hey God, it's too big for me. What exactly are you expecting me to do? The problem out there the problem in the earthquake zone, the problem with poverty, it's too big for me. And then something happened. My father died and I was responsible for sorting out his affairs. And in the very neat and tidy box that he'd left me, amongst everything else I had to deal with, was a picture of a child, nearly a young woman actually, a compassion child. You know, I didn't know that my father, I didn't even know about compassion. I certainly didn't know that my father had been sponsoring a child. But there was a little note to me to say, you know, please contact compassion about this child. And he'd actually finished paying for her until she was adult. And, but you know, I had to do that. And I spoke to compassion, they were lovely. And they assured me that she would be taken on by someone else and that she would be Someone would continue to write to her. But what God said to me in that moment is, Caroline, you can't take on the world, but you know, you can do something for someone somewhere. You can do something for the one. So let's see what doing something for the one did for Ronnie. I'll read you, find the right bit. When he started to go to a compassion project. When I was nine years old, my parents found out that the local church was able to help. Facilitated by compassion and the sponsorship program, both my family and I had the food we needed to survive through the project run by the local church. Suddenly, I had the hope of change. The impact on me was almost instant. It was like turning a torch on in a dark room. I had lunch every day at school. The change in my performance was incredible. The hope didn't stop with me, it radiated out. It gave my mother the courage to take a loan from the bank and start her own chicken farm. And from the business, she was then able to pay for my siblings to go to school too. Hope touched our whole community as the church gave families the stability they needed to believe in something better. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Hope touched the whole community. There's been research done. Again, I'm aware you probably can't read that, can you? Should have made them a bit bigger. Um, that says that compassion sponsored children, their outcome is so much better than their peers. Salary, salaried employment in their adult years, leaders in their community, more likely to stay in education. Because it's no use giving a man a fish, is it? You need to give him a fishing rod. We all know that phrase. And for compassion-sponsored children, what we do is we give them a fishing rod. 
So we might teach them to keep chickens, those two boys there. I don't know what country they're in, maybe somewhere in South America, I would imagine. They're learning to keep chickens. The other little boy is making shoes. He's learning to make shoes. When they grow up, those children will have a skill that can bring them employment, that can bring money for them, their families and their communities. Here are some people I met because I went into Ghana about five years ago. You can see a picture of me there. I'll tell you about him in a moment. These were 20, well, the two women there are about 22 years old, which is the, the age at which they leave a compassion project. They have been trained by compassion. Um, the, the woman on your left is, was training to be a teacher. She will now be a teacher. The woman in the right, Compassion had helped to set her up with a sewing business and she had a little shop and equipment in town. She was also training other Compassion children in the same, in, in the business that she had. They were individuals who, if they hadn't been with Compassion, both of those young women would have been married early because there really is not much choice for families. They would probably have small children their outlook would be very, very different. But they're both giving back into their community. One's a teacher, one's making clothing. And the people around them have been changed. Their family has been changed, they've been changed, and their community has been changed. The young man who's with me, he was 18 at that time. His name is Kwame. And I was just talking to a lady earlier. He's smiling. I know they don't smile much on their pictures, do they? No, I, I think they, it's a very formal thing to have your picture taken, but when you meet them in person, they smile. So, and he had become a very well-educated young man. His compassion project was sending him into the community to talk to other families about the importance of keeping their children in school. And he was preaching the gospel in the town. He's now at university studying, um, biochemistry. Um, he has now graduated from his compassion project, but he will have a skill, he will have a job, and he won't be living in poverty. I was just one other person I need to tell you about. There's a lady called Peace, who I met probably, oh, I'm going to say 10 years ago when she came to speak at something that I was involved in. And she was a compassion child from Uganda. Um, I've, link, I've linked up with what she's doing now. She is an adult. She, has, she came, she raised money, she went back into Uganda. She set up a project for orphaned babies in Uganda, which is funded from outside of the country. This week, they welcomed their 74th baby into that project. These are homes. These are like foster homes. She was a compassion child that was supported, she's gone back, she's made a huge change to her community. So let's have a look at what you've been doing, because this is amazing. 27 children. Hey, they're not just pictures up there, they're people that you are supporting to make their life different and to make their communities different. That's 27 families and probably more in terms of the community. All of those children that you are supporting. Did you know 
that you have given oh, of um, huge amounts of money. I'll show you what you've what you've done. Okay. So nearly twenty thousand hours in projects, seven thousand seven and a half thousand meals, medical checkups, Bibles given to those children. £10,000 given by this congregation over the last year to support those children. I think you need to give yourselves a big clap because I think that's a huge amount of money. I think that's fabulous. It really is. And 20 additional gifts. Those are things like birthday gifts and um, that kind of thing. They do like to receive something on their birthday if you can. And you do it by giving money through the website and then people on the ground buy the right thing. Okay, and this makes me smile. You've received 111 letters from your children, and you've written a massive 74 letters. Those letters are treasured. I stood in a project when I went, and there was children who said to me, Miss, why doesn't my sponsor write to me? And it does happen. But it's not, not the people here, is it? But my challenge to you is, can next time someone comes, can the number of letters you've written be bigger than the number of letters they've written? Why not go for it? Something, yes? So I'm going to show you a little film clip about a man called Samson and the impact he has had. And watch for the impact he's having on his community now as an adult. It's got subtitles, he's not speaking in English, okay?
It's amazing, isn't it? When you think about Sam, Samuel, Samson, Samson is his name. You think about the change that's been brought about, about that business he's now operating, the way he's training other children, the way he can come alongside other young people who have been born into difficult circumstances. That's what we're about. We're about bringing change, change to individuals and to communities. I wonder if you sit here and think about the young adult, young person you are supporting, those of you in here who, have a, who are sponsors, I wonder what they will become. What will they do? What will their adult life look like? It's worth considering as you write those letters to them, what will their adult life look like? What can you encourage them into? And I want to read you the latter part of that passage in Isaiah. So if we do what, God's, what God said, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. You will call and the Lord will answer you. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise like the dark, in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Mm 
just a few things for you to consider as I'm nearly finished. So what is God asking of you as an individual? It might be to do with what I've been talking about. It might be to do with supporting the earthquake fund. It might be to do with something in your community. What is it that God is whispering to you? That's all we're responsible for, what God is asking of us. If you are a sponsor, what's God saying to you about your child? Let God speak to you about the child you're sponsoring. What words do you need to use to encourage them? What do you need to say to them? Maybe God's saying, well, how about you raise some funds for compassion or for something else that he's speaking to you about? If God's asking you to sponsor a child this morning, you will know. You will know in your heart that that's what God wants you to do. Or if God's been speaking to you about something else entirely different, you will know that in your heart as well. Because we all have that direct line to God. A couple of practical things. If you are a sponsor and you don't know about the app, it is a way to have everything on your phone in front of you. You can read letters, you can write letters, you can give money, you can find, have updates from your children's projects right to your, phone on your, in, on your, to your phone in your hand. If you don't know about it, then come and speak to us afterwards. Myself and my husband, Inika at the back there, I'm sure, will help us. Nigel at the top there will help us um, get connected. Okay? The other thing is, if you would like to sponsor... £28 a month is what it costs, okay? For anyone who's listening online on Zoom, you can scan that QR code that's come up on your screen in front of you. There are five children um, attached to that QR code ready to be sponsored. No, you don't have to sponsor all five of them. Just one is fine, but if you want to sponsor five, that's also fine. For the rest of you here, I have a table in your beautiful hall next door and would love to talk to you and we have some children there. Here's one that I just popped with me. This is Edgar, who's age 14. He lives in Bolivia. I have children from the ages of four to 14 on the table. Um, you heard there that Samson had had two sponsors. That does happen because sometimes we can't continue forever. So he's probably had a sponsor before. You'd probably be a second sponsor, someone who could see him through to adulthood. If you want to do it as a group, that's fine. If you want to sponsor with somebody else, that's fine. We would need one named person as your as your contact as our contact point. Also, for those of you who are connected with compassion. If you would like to help us in other ways, if you'd like to do what I do, we need other people to go and speak in other churches. We'll train you. If you like going to various events and you've seen compassion there and you'd like to come and help us at events, again, we can get that set up for you. Um, if you'd like to fundraise for us, we can do that too. And we've got information, come and talk to us at the table afterwards. But these are all things that you you could do if that's what God is saying to you. Please respond to what God's saying to you, but don't do it because the person next to you is. Okay? Thank you for listening to me. I think we should just pray for the children and then I'll stop.
So, Father, we want to thank you for the children supported by this church, Lord. Those 27 lives, those 27 young people, Lord, who are hearing about you, who are having their needs met, who are being trained, Father. We pray for the church partners that look after them. We pray for capacity and wisdom for them. And Lord, I pray for every family here in this church who sponsors a child, Lord, that you would give them the words to say, that you would give them your compassion, um, that you would assure them of your love as they reach out to do something for you, Lord. And Father, we pray for each of those children that they might become adults who are equipped to live a life not defined by poverty, a life defined by hope and a future, Father. And we thank you for each of those young lives. Amen. Thank you, Caroline. So as she said, um, there's a table next door with uh, something, some uh, children on there. And if you want to ask any questions, then please join us in the lounge afterwards for tea and coffee and uh, to pick up maybe um, sponsorship forms. So uh, yeah, please join us for that. Let's finish by singing God of Justice.
keep us from just singing move us into action we must go fill us up send us out fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out lord fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out lord fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out lord fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out fill us up and send us out lord we must go live to feed the hungry stand beside the broken we must go singing move us into action we must go so now may the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with each one of us now and always amen